Good morning, everyone. It's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. And today I've got a really interesting guest speaker. I have got Sarah Clark calling in from Toronto, Canada, and I want to welcome you to the call. Awesome. Excited to be here. Yeah. So Sarah's reached out to me and said she wants to chat on our podcast and YouTube channel. And she's actually a fertility coach who focuses specifically on that very tender transitional period when men and women are trying to conceive. So this is before pregnancy. And one of the reasons I said yes to having Sarah on this call is because going through life changes and body changes can be huge triggers for our symptoms, regardless of whether your thing is chronic pain or tinnitus or vertigo. These are times in our lives when we are really vulnerable and susceptible to the body really showing up in those ways. And also many women have contacted me saying their vestibular conditions really started either during pregnancy, after birthing, or in those early motherhood days when the body was going through all of those hormonal fluctuations and changes. Now, what Sarah specializes in, which I think is really consistent with the Seeking Balance message, is preparing for all of that fluctuation. And for all of my clients out there doing the Rocksteady program, you will know that the one of the big messages I send is Rather than trying to eliminate symptoms and be perfect all the time and flatline our lives, we actually need to have the skills to be on the roller coaster of life and the ups and downs and the highs and lows and the stresses that come with being human. And once we can really master the roller coaster of life, we tend to relax, build our confidence, and feel resilient to handle anything. And I think that as both men and women, fertility can be taken for granted. And wanting to start a family and falling pregnant can be quite unconscious, not for everybody, but for some of us. And I really wanted to bring a conversation to the table where it's about consciously going through those changes, consciously preparing for the highs and lows, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, welcoming in those new hormonal fluctuations and creating as much ease and support as possible for the body so that it can be a graceful experience for both men and women. So Sarah, welcome to the call. And we'd love to learn a little bit about you and how you got into this transitional work. Yeah, so I had my own experience with infertility. So I always joked I was having menopausal hot flashes in my early 20s. And I was in HR at the time interviewing people. So like fanning my, my face and turns out I was. So at, at that time I had irregular periods. I, 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 during my teenage years, I had great skin. All of a sudden I started getting acne. Mm. I had a weird rash on my chest. And then I had yeast infections. And so I had this plan, I get married at 25, have my kids at 28. So I got married at 25, and then at 28, I still had irregular periods. Uh, at that point, I had been put on the, on the uh, hormonal birth control. Uh, so I went off of that, the periods were still irregular. So I went to my OBGYN at 28, and I was told I had premature ovarian failure, which is a loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40. So at 28, they say my only option to have children was with donor eggs. I remember the OBGYN just, you know, reaching up on her shelf and grabbing the IVF brochure and saying, here you go. And I, at the time, didn't connect any of these, these other health symptoms that I was having. So I went straight to the fertility clinic, didn't take any time to grieve, didn't take any time to, to, to really think about what was going on in my body, completely disconnected. And I went to the, the fertility clinic. So we were lucky enough on our, the first fresh transfer to have our daughter. And Ava is 17. So this is back in the day when you said donor eggs and people are like, I don't even know what you're saying. And now with IVF on the rise and 
one in one in six in Canada, one in one in um, eight in the states. I'm not sure what the stats are in Australia for for people that are struggling with with uh, with, with infertility, but definitely um, on the rise. I know on the rise, yeah, very very common. Exactly. So, um, and now you have because um, people going through IVF, you have M. Uh, embryos that are being donated, embryos that are um, being adopted. So you've got these people either you, you'll, 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 you'll um, send them to research that the, the embryo or you'll um, destroy them. So I, there's a... I just want to kind of like dive in here because I think this is a really relevant conversation to this YouTube mm -hmm. podcast, which is I actually feel that this is kind of a reflection of the society we're living in and the pace we're living life and the priorities we have. And the societal or cultural expectations upon both men and women that it's actually putting the body under so much stress. We are less fertile, not all of us, Absolutely. but some of us are really struggling to create the time and space physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to create a new human being. Mm. And I think that's nobody's fault. I'm not putting blame at all, but for anyone out there who's struggled with this or had a really hard time in those early motherhood phases i just think you're not alone and there is so much pressure under on men and women these days to strive strive perform perform you know get a bigger house get a new car prove yourself boost your status and really when it comes back to being a human and really accepting and loving ourselves as we are it's not about the car the status the house the job it's about really grounding and slowing down and pausing and truly practicing contentment and I think this is really going to feed into the full conversation today. But I really do think this is a little bit of a, a symptom of society, the fact that fertility is changing globally. Yeah, I agree. The fact that we're in the middle of a huge food experiment with glyphosate being sprayed on all of our foods, the fact that we're in this busy, busy, you know, and, uh, that we have to do, do, do instead of be. And being disconnected from our bodies, a lot of people will get the infertility diagnosis and we get like stuck on the diagnosis and we don't see what else is going on in their body. I had no idea that those other health symptoms I was talking about were connected. Yeah. And so for me, like I fungus and stuff going on. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so then for me, so then I, then, then we had two embryos left over, went back in, those didn't work, went on a separate list for another donor egg. And then we're, then we're lucky enough to have our son on the, on the first fresh transfer. So, so he's 14, so three years apart. And then after I had my daughter, um, my health took a nosedive. So I remember having like nine colds in one year. Every cold went to a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for all the colds. So it completely destroyed all my beneficial um, uh, bacteria in my gut. And then I started having uh, chronic bladder infections, peeing blood. I became allergic to all the antibiotics. I had dandruff. I had, the acne got worse. It was like cystic acne on my chin. Um, I did have a bout of, of, of vertigo, a couple bouts of vertigo. I had, um, um, what else did I have? I had chronic sinusitis, the chronic bladder, and the chronic yeast infections. So, so I, I was still... How long did it take until either you or somebody pulled you aside and they'd said, look, you're your body systems are, are out of balance. How long did that take? It was, it was me. So basically I did not discover this until I was 40. So I had my, had my daughter at 31, my, my son at 34 and then kept going in the corporate environment. And I, I didn't discover until I took a life coaching course, brought coaching into the corporate environment, had my own personal wake up call in this coaching course. And then I took, discovered I loved health and wellness, took a health coaching course and then the health coaching course. I'm like, 
oh wait, it could be food. Discovered I was sensitive to gluten, dairy, and later corn, and then also discovered the lifestyle, because you can eat this beautiful, perfect diet, right, all super yeah. clean, but you have to also look at the lifestyle side of things, looking at professional supplements, and then using that, that, that uh, functional lab testing and digging into further to gut infections, which I did have a fungal overgrowth. I had streptococcus H. pylori, so other gut infections going on, and then but for me, I was fully in menopause when I discovered this. So I was 40 years old. So it was too late for me. So if you're still cycling naturally, there's, 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 there's things we can do. So like digging in, it's, it's connected. It's not just, so for me, it presented as, so the gen- genetic weakness for me was infertility. Other people, it could be, you know, autoimmune disease, cancer, diabetes, it could be whatever it is for you. But for me and people that I work with, it's infertility, but we look at the whole body. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a really, really big wake-up call. I think that's probably a good term for it. But also, mm-hmm. it's in hindsight, looking back, don't you sometimes think like, wow, how awesome and amazing is my body to still be functioning after all of these systems, like, you know, having overgrowths of bacterias and fungi mm-hmm. and the, the fast-paced mental state of life when we're in that corporate hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. And as you're saying, like, even if someone was to have the textbook perfect diet super clean no pesticides no chemicals just you know all of that if they are still living in fight flight freeze and self-rejection and self-hatred their body mm-hmm. is still going to be treating that food as though it's a lie and chasing them so even okay. though it's beautiful healthy amazing meals if we don't have a loving relationship to the food we're putting into our body it's still going to be treated as a threat so really mm-hmm. I'll, learning about the nervous system and how to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which we talk about in Rocksteady mm-hmm. is really very important. And the physical like kind of solutions or crutches that we lean on are often, you know, physical exercise, trying to get fit, physical diet, trying to eat well, and, you know, medications or devices. And often it's the invisible inner work about looking at our beliefs looking at our emotional resilience, emotional relationship, emotional reactions to ourselves and others and our spiritual aspects in our lives, such as believing in ourselves, believing in our body and actually trusting ourselves that we can have these huge turnarounds. And I'd love you to share with the listeners kind of when you were at your worst, what it felt like and then now where you've got to. So the, the actual healing you've experienced in your personal body. Yeah, so for me, the worst part was probably when I had these these bladder infections, and then I would say was peeing blood. All the antibiotics I was allergic to. At one point, I thought I had fleas. No, it was I, we fumigated the whole entire house. Thought the dog giving me fleas because I'm scratching like a crazy person. No, I had hives from the antibiotics and relying on the tub, going, "Where are these fleas?" No, um, so that was pretty because I didn't really know. I'm like, how? What am I going to do? I'm peeing blood. Like nothing is working. I'm basically back against it, and you know, and that was when I all of a sudden these things started appearing, right? Cause I'm like considering myself an educated, fairly smart person. I'm like, why did I not know any of this? Mm-hmm. And that's why I started the podcast or a book to really share, share with like, as you say, wake, wake up. That's part of my podcast. I'm like, I want you to wake up and see there's things that you can do. And the uh, documentary heal is a cool one talking about um, mm-hmm. it's on, it's on Netflix. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but um, it's, talking about eating that really super healthy diet, but the woman that was in it, she was eating this healthy diet, but then she had all these these issues and relationships and stress and lifestyle things that she hadn't really dealt with. So the, so the, the whole mind-body aspect of this is massive, especially for fertility. Like we, we, we run my, uh, mind-body fertility groups and 
is based on the research of Alice Domar, who is a, who is a pioneer in um, uh, mind-body fertility and a Harvard researcher. So, so 20 years of research and really adding, like looking at mindfulness, affirmations, visualizations, journaling, gratitude, like all those things really are important. So for me, the, the, the low part, port, uh, part was when I'm like, I don't know, what am I going to do? Like, I didn't know how I would heal myself. Did you ever feel and like that, you were dying? No, like I never felt like, so, so, and for me and most of the people that come to me, like I was still doing my thing. Like I was still going around, still going to work, but my immune system was just so shot. And I, I'm always, I'm kind of a person that gets excited about a lot of things, like a lot of energy, feel really good. It's like the energy never really left. It was more that it got to the point that I couldn't keep saying yes to all these things I was excited about. And I still now have to go, well, no, like just pull it back. Yeah. You can't do all these things. The body goes into like burnout mode. And I think I was in a very stressful job where I had to like, I was in HR for years and years. And I had to lay off like a whole entire essentially company. So it was like, it was, they'd been there for 30 years. It was horrendous. So, um, and then, and it's interesting with this whole me too movement, talking to so many women going through infertility. And then they're telling me about like the harassment and stuff that they're dealing with in the workplace and like toxic bosses and bullying and all this sort of stuff. And that, again, you're eating that seemingly perfect diet, but you could have all this extra stress. So that, you know, I just, I thought I was in a job I thought I loved until I decided I was completely done mm. and I couldn't wait to leave. And I just wanted to do my own thing. And I, I never, never in a million years that I see myself becoming a fertility coach. Even when I went to write my book, I was going to write a book on weight loss and I'd never struggled with weight in my whole life. I'm like, why am I writing a book on weight loss? Like I was in a book writing course to write a book. So I wanted to write a book on to do like talking about health. Mm. And then halfway through the course, I'm like, your struggle is fertility. Like mm -hmm. I have both my kids with donor eggs. Like that's a kind of a big thing. And, but to me, I'm very like, let's just get it done. And you know, I kind of move, move on. So I wanted, to, I wanted to touch on that word you use, which is disconnection, which is actually probably the key issue for people with vertigo and tinnitus. They have disconnected from their body mm -hmm. and they don't trust the sensations they're feeling in their body. They're like, well, my body's telling me I'm on a boat or I'm rocking or I'm swaying, or there's this roaring noise or pinging sound or whatever. And they, the things that they're hearing and feeling in their body are basically being rejected. And one of the ways the body copes with that rejection <clears throat> and it's self-rejection is by disconnecting or dissociating and essentially leaving the body. So the mind and the body disconnect and they start operating in, in different ways. So even if the body's like, I'm exhausted and I really don't want to go and run this half marathon, the mind's like, you've got to do this, you've got to be fit, you've got to run that marathon. You've got to... And so the mind can really bully the body into things the body does, hasn't signed up for. And so we can be living in this disconnect and it can be even smaller things like, you know, working full time when really the body's like, I want to slow down and this full time position isn't, isn't healthy for me, etc. Mm -hmm. So learning how to reconnect the mind and the body back into a loving friendship and loving relationship is absolutely life changing. This is probably the one thing all of my Rocksteady clients have in common is they learn how to befriend themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me, my morning voice. And they learn how to practice self-compassion, which for many people is <clears throat> really difficult and really confusing and really enigmatic. And they can struggle and struggle and struggle until finally they have that aha moment and the light bulb. And they realize, oh my goodness, I'm not treating myself very well. I'm putting pressure and expectation on myself. I'm putting deadlines on myself. I'm not really appreciating my body and what it does for me every single day. I'm like hating my body, criticizing my body, judging my body. 
And so they have to really turn around and forgive all of this history of self-rejection and open up into self-friendship. And how can we learn to befriend ourselves, be playful, be fun, be light, and most of all, be kind. And this is that all that invisible journey within that's the mental, emotional, spiritual. It's far more powerful and certainly as important as diet, exercise, and all those other physical devices and, and supplements that we end up spending so much money on. So do you want to speak a little bit about maybe some of the hot tips that helps you regain your health? I know you mentioned um, you found an allergy to corn, dairy, and wheat. Were there any other light bulb moments for you where it's like, okay, now I'm healing? Yeah, for me, it started with diet and, you know, switching to organic and really, um, so, the, the, so the diet piece. And then, and then a lot of it was the, the, the spiritual component and the mindfulness and really getting into a, well, first of all, finding a, a job that I loved or, you know, career that I loved. Although, you know, I thought I loved the other one. So it wasn't like that. I was completely miserable. But then it's like when I make a switch, I'm ready to go, then, then I'm ready to go. Um, and then, and then it was really like, it's like, for me, it's been um, just because I like doing a bunch of things and so being able to set boundaries, being able to, the, the, to me, the food piece has allowed me though, to tune into my body. So because before I'd have the yeast infections or I'd have the sinus, I'd have all these different health issues and I couldn't really connect it. Whereas now I can know, I know exactly what, like I know from a food pr perspective, like what exactly it is that is, that is then triggered, you know, whatever the headaches, whatever it may be. So the food thing helped me tune into my body because yeah. before I'd like, I had no idea why is this happening? And then adding in the mindfulness piece just helps you to, to clue in even more because we all have these patterns. Yeah. And we keep doing the same thing like over and over again. Like yeah, there I go. Patterns that you've helped rewire and reset. Yeah, like a lot for me is like, um, well, a lot of it was I have kept I kept wanting to like take all these courses. I'm like, why do I keep wanting to like take all these things? I'm like, I take one course and then every time I took it, I'd be like, oh, I'm it just I wouldn't. So for me, it was like this this. I have a love of learning, but I kept doing it because I kept feeling inadequate because I wanted to have this course to then for credentials to make me feel a certain way instead of just being a certain way. So to see my pattern of, of that, and that's a common one for a lot of people. They keep the doing all these courses and never do anything with it. The old not good enough story. Exactly. Pretty yeah, much all exactly. of us have that, by the way. Every single person listening at some point in some way will feel not good enough in some part of their life. And that, that will be a weakness that creates patterns where we're making decisions out of fear and out of trying to prove ourselves and trying to strive and trying to be accepted. And often what the body is striving for is acceptance of who we are and where we are in this present moment, even if we're unemployed and feeling crappy and on the couch and really not able to do much in that day, the body wants to feel accepted and loved in that moment and good enough. And that's the inner piece <clears throat> and self-talk and self-reassurance that the science is showing <clears throat> really helps us heal because when we have that inner critic that's loud and self-rejection and self-hatred firing the thought tanks it really does impact the neurochemical release throughout our body the physiology and biology is impacted by the relationship we have to ourselves our inner talk our inner beliefs all of this stuff is really key and really important most humans have a fear of being rejected fear of not being good enough, fear of not being loved. There's some core beliefs that we all navigate. And to be honest, marketing and society fosters all of those fears and all of those beliefs because 
That's how capitalism works. When you feel inadequate and not good enough, you buy stuff. And if we all felt truly good enough and loved ourselves just as we are, we would stop buying things and capitalism would struggle. So there is a lot of subliminal marketing and societal messages. And for all of those mothers out there who experienced tinnitus and vertigo through their fertility times and pregnancy and birthing, I bet you there was a huge amount of like, am I good enough? You know, you know, am I doing the right thing for my baby? And am I, you know, am I sleeping enough? Am I eating well enough? Am I doing the right things for my husband? Like there's just so much doubt and so many questions and so many times we second guess and triple guess ourselves. And it really is just creates this toxic sludge of self doubt and um, like self unlove really a lack of self-belief that really can make us undone unless we have this wake up call and we start realizing I need to back myself. I need to tell myself I'm good enough and stop waiting for my partner to say it or my boss or my kids. I need to tell myself I'm good enough. I need to start seeing evidence of that. And I need to start really making choices based of how can I put myself first? How can I soften the stresses in my life? How can I support my body through sleep, through nutritional wise choices and diet, you know, fresh vegetables, colorful vegetables, get them into you. And how can I spiritually, emotionally, and mentally reduce clutter, reduce emotional baggage and suppression and start to really free myself up so I can be present. So what did it feel like for you, Sarah, when you discovered presence? Yeah. So it's cornerstone of everything. It's either you're in the, in the past is you're, you know, you're, you're catastrophizing about the future or ruminating about the past. So it's really the presence is being present is the only thing. And it is, it's, that's mindfulness. So every time you catch yourself, every time you come back, like that's mindfulness. How so it it's really, pardon? How did it feel for you? Well, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing. I don't think anyone, everyone is like, Oh, I'm um, present all the time. It's just, that's just not how it goes, but really in the present moment, Let's do it together right now. So I'll get you to close your eyes and sit nice and tall. We'll do it together, you and me. And then I want all the listeners to join us. And everybody just take like maybe six smooth, steady, natural breaths just to really drop into the present moment. And just acknowledge that breath is life. Literally, we can't live without it. The breath is nourishing our cellular body. And when we go to our breath and slow down with a few smooth, steady, natural breaths, we actually indicate to our brain that we're safe. And we help to turn on the parasympathetic nervous system and to remind our brain that there's no lion, there's no tiger, there's nothing to fight, flight or freeze from right now. And just begin to notice in your body whatever's real for you, chair you're sitting on, clothing you're wearing, the distance you are from your device that you're listening to this chat on. Begin to feel the tip of your nose and any passing breath coming through the nose. And if you can't breathe through your nose today, just notice the breath moving in through the mouth. But where possible, breathe through the nostrils. And notice that this present moment is all that ever matters in life. The past is done. The past has formed us. The, our past experiences all 
collate into this present moment and make us who we are right now. So the past is something we don't need to live in. We live through it so that we can be present. And as you breathe into this present moment, notice that the future you haven't created yet. The future is something you create through your choices. And if you would like to feel more steady, calm, peaceful or connected in your future, the best way for you to achieve that is to be present right now and cultivate any feelings of calm, steadiness, peacefulness and contentment in yourself. Because this present moment is actually feeding the next present moment and little by little creating your future. And as many of you doing the Rocksteady program know, whatever we focus on, wherever we put our attention, that's where the brain fires neurons and that's the neurochemical release we get more of. So take a moment right now just to see if you can find any of those desired feelings you're looking for in your life, for everyone listening to this call. Right now I'm working on contentment in my life, so I'm going to look search for sensations of contentment in my body and just see where I find them in my body. And maybe Sarah, you could do the same search for something you're desiring and find it in your body. And then we'll share with the listeners. When you found that feeling, you can all open your eyes if you choose and come back to the room that you're sitting in. Mm. So when I looked for this sensation of contentment in my body today, I felt very much like it's down the front of my body, down the front of my face, front of my heart center and chest and all the way down towards my womb, actually, so all the way down the front of the body. And I could feel like a really open, spacious, warm, fuzzy feelings in my body. And that felt to me like the contentment physically embodied in my body. And I know that the more I can breathe in and focus on feeling that in my body, the more my neurons fire and release that little chemical cocktail of contentment for me. So that's a strategy I can use as a daily practice to help me work with my goal. What did you get, Sarah? Yeah, like peacefulness. So for me, when I when I do meditation, it's really just before when I first started doing it, it would be like five minutes. There's no way I could sit for five minutes. And now it's 20 minutes and a 20 minutes goes by like that. And I do, I use heart math. So it's a biofeedback tool and, and really to look at your, your, your heart rate variability. And it's interesting. I can see on the days where I've you know been thinking about my, my to-do list, whatever, whatever it is, I could see that I'm not present the days where I just do the belly breathing so for me it just is looking at the breath so where did you feel peacefulness in your body today where did you connect so this is all about connecting and embodying because we can't do mm -hmm. it in our head whereabouts did you feel it in your body today and yeah so for me it's in the heart in the heart center that's where it showed up today it's different mm -hmm. every time we look for it it's different sometimes it'll be in the lower body sometimes the back body sometimes the whole body and sometimes it's such a huge, gigantic feeling. It fills the room and it feels like it fills the postcode. And so it's a really big sensation. Mm -hmm. So 
This idea of learning to tune in and listen to the body is quite foreign to many people, but really essential for neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is when we really engage with the sensory body and we take control over those neural pathways that are firing for us in the present moment. We have zero control over the past and the future, but in the present moment, we create the future. And that's really our in, and that gives us back our power. So for those of you out there who are trying to conceive, it's a really good idea to think about how can you create balance in your life? How can you support your body? How can you fully nourish your body and build physical strength so you can carry a little baby? And I think get holistic advice, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You're bringing a whole new human into the world. And the reality is that that does put our body under a huge amount of stress. And that can lead to an exacerbation of some symptoms, especially if you already have an inner ear condition or a tinnitus condition. All of that is normal. None of that means that you're going backwards or getting worse. It just means your body's in change. And having support through that, such as Sarah offers or I offer, can be a really good consideration. And do you have any parting words of wisdom, Sarah, for our listeners? Yeah, I think like you're saying to be connected. So making sure to listen to your body. So your body will whisper to you. And when you ignore the signals, it'll start shouting in the form of disease. So really being yeah. able to. So for me, I had these, 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 you know, these seemingly unconnected uh, symptoms and really they, they were all connected. So if, if, if you're dealing with infertility, look what else is happening in your body and really looking at healthy diet, my you know my the mind body connection lifestyle supplements it's all it's all connected absolutely i'm actually reading a beautiful book at the moment written by a biochemist um dr libby i can't remember her full name but if you look up dr libby you'll find her and she says stop talking about food as healthy and replace that word with nutritional like look for nourishment in everything you eat because there's so many empty meals that we eat that basically aren't really offering our body nourishment. I think it's a really nice way to get practical about how we feed the body. You know, I'm always trying to get lots of colorful vegetables and just mix it up, huge amounts of variety. And for me personally, I don't eat many animal products. Um, however, I do recognize the value of broths and things like that. Some of the old fashioned nourishing soups are good for the soul and really good for our immune system. So do some research for those of you out there who are feeling a bit lost and a bit junky with your diet because it really does make a difference and we need to get those minerals and vitamins and proteins into our body to help us have efficient systems, not just for symptoms, but for daily health, daily life. So it's a really good, really good idea. Thank you so much for your time, Sarah. And if yeah. people want to visit you, they can go to fabfertile.com, which I'll put a link to at the bottom of the podcast and the YouTube channel. I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. For those of you with chronic dizziness, vertigo, or any type of tinnitus, so this is distortion, sounds in your ears, or feeling sway, rocking, or spinning. If you're experiencing those symptoms and really not sure how to heal within yourself, visit my website, and you can take a look at the 12-week Rocksteady program if you feel like that ongoing and more comprehensive support. But there are loads of free resources, and that's always a good place to start. So I want to say a bye for now and thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.